You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. Often in these podcasts, we talk about self-limiting beliefs. We talk about how we feel about ourselves, or at least how we think we feel about ourselves, or at least how we think we feel about who we think we are. We're always a few steps removed from reality, and we're always limiting ourselves. Those self-limiting beliefs aren't even our own beliefs. We know that from previous conversations. The self-perception that we have of ourselves, called the conceptual self in modern cognitive psychology, is not even a concept of ourselves. It's It's not our concept. It's not a concept of who we are. It is other people's concepts of who they thought they were imposed upon us through the misbehaviors that unthinking or mindless people did to us when we were young and impressionable. So even in the way in which cognitive psychology calls the personality, the conceptual self, that is a misnomer because it is someone else's idea or a number of other people's ideas of who they thought they were imposed upon me through their misbehavior when I was young and impressionable. So we're limiting ourselves all of the time. Certainly, when we're using our minds normally, we are in permanent self-limitation mode. But it's interesting that when we talk about what we want out of life, or when we think about or reflect upon what we want out of life, Even the wanting is limiting. Because wanting suggests that there is something that I'm missing in my life. And there may well be things that you would love to have in your life now that you don't have. But that's not the same as wanting. Wanting means that there is, as I said in a recent video, a want in me. It is a lack In other words, I'm coming from a position of lack or neediness when I say to myself, well, what are the things that I actually want to achieve? What are the things that I want out of my life? What are the things that I want for my loved ones? Indeed, the word want is limiting in another way too, because every time we reflect upon what we want, we are limiting ourselves. Because want is a construct of thought, constructs of the thoughts that are in and of themselves self-limiting. By the way, just as an aside, even the positive thoughts that we might have about ourselves are self-limiting because they are still only thoughts. They aren't the actuality of the potential that I actually am as a mass of energy moving in a universe that is responsive energy. I need to free up my energy so that instead of wanting things in my life, 
I actually receive all good things. This leads us back, or perhaps leads us forward from the conversation that we had last week when I talked about the law of attraction. And I have a key question for you. And it's a question to which you probably don't know the answer, but that's no bad thing. And I'll explain what I mean by that in just a moment. If through our presence, we become attractive, that's what the law of attraction is all about, as we discussed last week. If through our presence, we become attractive to the point that other people want to hang out with us, want to be in our presence, want to bask in our light, bask in our warmth. And that's, by the way, a physical thing from the way in which when we are present, we emit photons of heat and light. So if we want people to bask in our warmth, if we want to attract things into our lives, what are the things that you want to attract into your life? Now, as I said, it's a question to which you probably don't know the answer. You may think you know the answer, but that's a different thing. Because, as I said a minute ago, the concept of wanting is self-limiting. We need to go beyond that. Uh, for example, I had a conversation with a group of people this morning about more, about wanting more in their lives. Now, there's that word want again. And you see, we're actually, on the one hand, restricted by language. The ordinary everyday language that we use is not fit for purpose when it comes to discussing what we attempt to discuss in these conversations. But it isn't only that it isn't fit for purpose. It is, as I said, it's actually debilitating. So when I say want, my subconscious mind hears want. My subconscious mind, known in psychology as the constant observer, keeps hearing want, means that I'm in a position of want, means that I'm in a position of lack. But for the purposes of our conversation today in this podcast episode, the key question for you is, what do you want to attract into your life? Now, Bearing in mind that I have qualified the word want, I could use other words and we could probably come up with a whole number of different phrases that we could use to replace the word want. But for ease of discussion today, I'm going to use the word want in terms of asking that question, what do you want to attract into your life? Or the conversation that I was having with those people earlier this morning when we talked about wanting more in your life. Now, what is the more that we need to allow into our lives? Now, now that I've said it that way, maybe that is the phraseology I need to be using. What more will you allow into your life? Now, the more that the normal mind thinks of is self-limiting all over again, because I'm going to limit myself to what I think makes for happiness and success. I'm going to limit myself according to the norms of what people think about what constitutes happiness and success. More of this, that, or the other. More of physical things. More of pleasure rather than joy. More of fulfilling what I see as wants even though I mightn't express it that way, if I've got over the word want, more of stuff 
rather than more of the joy of living life to the full and knowing that I don't have a care in the world. Now, there's a difference between my saying to you that when we're present, we don't have a care in the world because we're just present. There's a difference between me saying that to you on the one hand, and on the other hand, you actually conceptually understanding it. There's a difference between the concept of that and the experience of it. And we only get that experience through regularly allowing our mind settle, regularly allowing our mind allow the self-limiting and debilitating thoughts that float through our mind float on by. Might be no harm to re-listen to that sentence. Because this is all a process of letting go. It is a process of allowing. It is a process of detachment from the things that I think would constitute more in my life. The difference between that detachment and the attachment that want creates in our lives. I want a bigger car. So now I'm attached to the idea of getting a bigger car. That'll make me happy. If I don't get a bigger car, I won't be happy. The attachment of having a loving relationship. I want to have a loving relationship or I want a better relationship with the person with whom I find myself at the moment. That means I am now attached to having that better relationship. And if I don't have that better relationship, I will be unhappy. Whereas if I took want out of the equation completely, if I took craving out of the equation completely, if I substituted that with allowing myself to be present, I might find I'm already in the perfect relationship. And what has made that relationship imperfect is my want or attachment. Might be no harm to listen to that sentence again as well. We're talking about chalk and cheese here. On the one hand, we have the norms of what do I want in my life? So if I were to ask you that question again that I asked you earlier on, what do you want to attract into your life? Because that is how the so-called law of attraction actually works. As I explained it last week, it isn't that I suddenly want something. I convince myself that it's going to happen and it just happens. As we said last week, attraction comes from doing what we need to do as a result of having the necessary presence of mind to just do it. So there is that letting go again. There is that allowing myself to just do it, allowing myself to do just what I need to do. An awful lot of the things that we need to do in our lives to move us forward, to allow more flow into our lives. A lot of those things that we need to do are unthinkable from the perspective of our self-limiting, debilitating thinking mind. There are things we need to do that our thinking mind will say, no, you couldn't do that. God, you could never do that. What would people think of you if you said that? That all floats away when we allow those thoughts that debilitate us or limit us float on by. So back to our key question. And I'll, I'll phrase it a different way this time. 
what does your heart desire? I mean, really down deep, what does your heart desire? If I were to tell you, no, I will tell you, that you can have anything in life that your heart desires. And we talked about how we do that in last week's conversation. So I'm telling you, you can have anything in life that your heart desires. The question, it's the same question that I asked earlier on, now expressed a slightly different way. The question is, what deep down does your heart desire? And the answer, if you try to think about it, is going to be the wrong answer. It goes back to what I was saying to the people with whom I was talking this morning. The more that we allow into our lives is more that comes into our lives that is best for us one moment at a time. Because after all, you must remember that we only live our lives one moment at a time. And therefore, what we need to do is turn up to each here and now in a way that allows us to attract into our lives the more that will lead us to the joy of our heart's desire moment to moment. Again, when people often think about what they want to attract into their lives or what they want to set their minds to. That's a phrase I used last week. And we know how to set our minds. The, the real issue, uh, obviously, that we're discussing here today is that people don't know that to which they want to set their minds. But when people reflect upon allowing more into their lives, they kind of assume that they need to set some kind of goal and some kind of time frame for something big to happen. People often talk about their grand perfect moments. I talk about grand perfect moments and I encourage people to explore what a grand perfect moment would actually feel like, the experience of it. I'll come back to that in a minute. But in actual fact, because our lives are only lived in moments, this moment is a perfect moment if you allow it to be a perfect moment. Now, that is not to say that you in some way convince yourself that all is well at this moment in time by thinking about it. Or that is not to say that you park your worries at the doorstep and forget about them because that would be burying your head in the sand. What I am saying is that in this moment in time, you can either be fully present and do what you need to do to move yourself towards the more that you want to allow into your life, or you can be like a headless chicken buried in your own thoughts, debilitated, frozen to the spot, which will only lead you down a path of self-destruction, a path of existence at best, which is a far removed path from living your life to the full moment to moment in the world of more and more and more. I want to come back to the point I made in relation to setting our minds to grand perfect moments because I expressed how we set our minds in a very particular way. 
that we set our minds by describing how it would feel to experience the grand perfect moment or the joy of the grand perfect moment. In other words, and I've used this phrase a couple of weeks ago, how it would feel or how we would feel, what would the experience feel like when we feel as if we have arrived, that all is well, that the more has just flooded into my life. We set our minds by handwriting about that. But people often assume that I need to write a grand perfect moment that is so grand that it couldn't happen now. And that's wrong because we never know when the grand perfect moment is simply going to be experienced. The people will say to me, no, hold on, I have debts or my business isn't going well or my relationship is going down the drain or my teenage children have gone off the rails. You know, all of the stuff that constitutes everyday life. People will say that to me. How would a grand perfect moment come about now? And the answer is, you don't know. We don't know when we think about it that way. In fact, we distance ourselves from the possibility that things will fall into our lap. A phrase that I've used many times, a phrase that is used by many of my clients and online program owners and has been many times over the years. Things feel as if they fall into my lap as a result of my being present and doing what I need to do, behaving rather than misbehaving from the debilitating and self-limiting thoughts that would normally pepper my experience of moment to moment. You never know when something grand is going to fall into your lap. In the same way as we've discussed before, you never know when you're going to meet the next most important stranger in your life. All the most important people in our lives were once strangers to us. It just happened that through perhaps a moment of clarity of mind, a moment of presence, we encountered and resonated with somebody who has made a difference in our lives and perhaps continues to make a difference in our lives moment to moment right here and now. And, you know, just coming back to the issue of relationships, there's an interesting phrase, isn't it? Issue of relationships that we talked about a few minutes ago. The person with whom you might have a fractious relationship at the moment is somebody with whom you are in a relationship because at some moment in time, they were the next most important stranger in your life. But we forget stuff or we forget to be grateful for stuff or more importantly, we forget to be appreciative of first of all, the fact that we're alive and secondly, that we have the opportunity by virtue of the fact that we are alive to create and mold a version of being alive that our heart desires. How do we know what our heart desires? Before I answer that question, let me again reiterate just how debilitating even thinking about wanting grand things can be. It's important that I take this diversion because it is one of the most debilitating diversions that most of the people with whom I work have taken at some point along the earlier part of their journey, where 
they said to themselves, well, these are the things, or at least I think these are the things that my heart desires, but they're unrealistic. We've talked about self-limiting thought a few minutes ago. We talked about how that thought is so self-limiting that it actually becomes debilitating. We are disabled by our own thoughts. How debilitating is thought of unrealistic? It, it is a thought that is used by most people as an excuse for saying, I won't set my mind to that. I'll set my mind to something smaller or even worse. Because most of what I think I want in life would be unrealistic for somebody like me. I'll stay in my own little uncomfortable comfort zone. Just get on with dragging myself around from one day to the next. That's an aside, an important aside. Having cleaned my mailing list over the last couple of months, there are about 8,000, well, actually, there are 8,002 people on my mailing list as of this morning. That means tomorrow morning, 8,002 people will get my weekly email. Of that 8,002 people, about 600 people have decided I'm going to do something positive and deliberate to move myself forward to the abundant more that will flow when I allow my own energy flow. They're online program owners. So that's about 600 out of 8,000. There's about another 2,000 people who regularly watch my Thursday morning video. And a number of those will be in regular contact with me. But they're only dipping in and out. They're toe dippers. Now, if you take offense at being a toe dipper, I don't apologize. Because your life is in your own hands. Getting more out of life, allowing more to flow into your life, is entirely within your own capability. But most people will only ever be toe dippers because of the debilitating effect of normal thought that says, I couldn't live a grand life. It would be unrealistic. In the same way as I often ask people, in an ideal world, what are the things that you want to allow flow into your life? And they tell me, that's a stupid question. Because in an ideal world, as a preface to that question, makes a mockery of the whole thing. There's no such thing as an ideal world. Oh, yes, there is. It's called being in flow in the present moment, where all is well. That's only unrealistic to the debilitating thinking mind. It isn't an ideal, something up on a pedestal that would only be put on the pedestal by the debilitating thinking mind. It is a reality. It's reality for me. It's a reality for the people with whom I meditated this morning. It isn't a reality with them simply because they felt that when they were meditating. It is a reality because as a result of our meditating together and as a result of their having established a proper practice of regular meditation, they see tangible results in their business lives, in their careers, in their relationships, in the behavior of their teenage children. 
they see real tangible results that enable them appreciate the more that is flowing into their lives now. Yes, many of those people have set their minds to experience grand, perfect moments, but they haven't put a time limit on it. They haven't put a time scale on it. They haven't put a plan in place to enable them to get there. Their plan, if I could even call it that, is to get up in the morning and ensure that they are in flow. Because when we are in flow, we allow all the more that our heart desires simply flow into our lives. This is a prize. That, that's a word used by a client of mine in a recent conversation. This is a prize that we can all win. It is a prize within our compass, within our own capability, because we have enormous power within our own mind, joined with the universal mind through our free-flowing energy to allow all good things flow not only to us, but through their flowing to us, flow to those around us too, and in particular, our loved ones. We are the creators of our own world. We are the co-creators of the world of the people with whom we share our lives, our behavior or our misbehavior, if we're not in the right state of mind, rubs off on those around us and makes other people's lives better or worse, depending upon our own presence of mind, depending on how we behave ourselves, depending on what we have done to ensure that I turn up to the here and now, that I experience perfect moments like the one I'm experiencing in recording this right now, and that I experience peace of mind, carefreeness, and the more of all good things that flow into my life moment to moment, if I'd only let it. So are you a traveler, an adventurer, or a toe dipper? If you're a traveler and you're an adventurer, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a toe dipper, you may appreciate conceptually what I'm talking about, but that won't make any difference in your life until you actually experience it. It's a choice we have to live our lives to the full, in joy, in peace and happiness, or to think about it. Now there's something worth thinking about. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-horton.com.